0: this is the you need to know podcast putting the spotlight on black businesses you need to know that are serving our community
1: now here's your host Tommy B. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the You Need to Know podcast. I'm your host, Tommy B. The You Need to Know podcast talks to business leaders, community leaders, opinion leaders. I've had the opportunity to talk to music business professionals recently. You can also find the podcast on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. Tune in. You need to just just take a look for You Need to Know podcast. Again, search at You Need to Know podcast. Go to castropolis.net, and you'll find the podcast episodes along with other great podcasts. I'm, I'm really excited about the next conversation, about this conversation. Uh, we're going to talk to Ray McKenzie, founder of the Red beach advisors. And Ray is a business executive, product strategist. He deals with operations. Uh, he's He's been a process consultant. And Ray, you're going to have to explain that to, to the folks to let them know what a process consultant does. With more than 20 years experience, public, private, startup tech companies, his focus has been on growth and scaling strategies. Ray's managed to leave the corporate world, which a lot of us have done, and start his own tech consultancy. Uh, not only, and, and Ray, is this correct? You grew your company 300% in, in a two-year period, two-year span?
0: Yeah, it's averaging year over year, 161% yeah. year over year.
1: That is phenomenal, man. And and he's also picked up uh, governments. He's a government service provider as well. Held a lot of different senior executive positions at, at some really <laughs> great companies. And I'm, I'm going to let him get into that. And, and Ray is also a certified AWS cloud practitioner. Certified Lean Sigma Sensei. Am I saying that right, Ray? You know, Lean
0: Six Sigma Sensei. Yes. There
1: you go. Practitioner, Villanova University. Uh, not only does he do amazing work in his profession, he's plugged into the community, which I really love to see uh, on the board of directors of a lot of nonprofit organizations. One of them being My Friend's House, based in LA, and uh, Students with Aspiring Goals, based in Merced, California speaks to kids and that's good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to know Ray McKenzie. Thank you, Ray, for being on the show today, man. All right. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks for having me. And um, I, I'm glad you, uh, you did your workout. <laughs> before yeah, you came. I was able to, I
0: was able to squeeze one in. So, you know, ninety minutes in.
1: See, it's always good to do an interview. Not, not so good early in the morning when you interview people on the West coast, but in the afternoon, the, the the West Coast folks have the advantage when when it's when it's <laughs> welcome from the West Coast to the East Coast. So gl- glad you're on. Hey, um, you spent a lot of time in corporate America, Ray. Um, you had a solid, you know, solid track record, uh, solid growth companies. You were actually with a lot of really good companies. Uh, what made you decide to take on entrepreneurship?
0: Gosh, you know, I, I had spent uh, a, many years of my career. Uh, so my corporate career can kind of spanned about 15, 16 years working for a lot of startup companies and large global public companies. So private and, and public companies that were global entities. Um, they doing a lot of different roles in a lot of different areas. Um, it spanned from strategy to service and support to tech operations and network operations to sales engineering, to account management, to um, business operations, a lot of different areas, leading a lot of different teams and a lot of different individuals. Um, so over the course of the 15 and 16 year career, um, I, had, I had amazing you know, experiences with a lot of people, a lot of companies, a lot of technology, a lot of ways of seeing businesses do well and not do well. Mm-hmm. So with that, I was at a company here in Los Angeles, relocated us out. Um, I was doing global strategy and service delivery for them. Um, and I was traveling the world, which was which was fun for a period of time. And then while I was at that company, I had a couple of executives that I knew previously that were reaching out to me, asking me for help with their companies. More than likely, their companies were very small or maybe up to 50 employees. And they were looking at scaling and growing. And they were like, Ray, you know, I, we need your help. We need your assistance with our company. We're trying to implement some new things and move things forward. But we need your help. And I was like, well, I'm at this company full time but also start to consult with you on the side. Well, what happened was I found out that I loved consulting. So it fell (laughs) in my lap. I like to work on new projects. I like to work with people I want to work with. Um, I like to work on it it with innovative projects, innovative things, new new technology, companies that are growing, companies that are solving challenges. Uh, And most of all, I like the ability to do it on my terms. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
0: that means I get to do it. I get to work with who I want to work with. I get to work with um people where I want to work with them. I get to dictate my calendar. And I also get the opportunity to charge what I want to charge.
1: Good for you. Good stuff.
0: Okay. And so in the process of doing so, um, I felt that a consulting was the way to go. It provided a better quality of life for me and my family, um, what I was interested in after spending 15, 16 years in corporate America. And so then I decided to make the jump. And that's how Red Beach Advisors was started. Um Red Beach Advisors is a Management consulting firm focused around technology that helps companies with strategy, business and product strategy. Uh, You can say operational efficiency, which is based around process procedures uh, and driving uh, the reduction of waste within companies. Uh, And then technology, which is based around uh, cloud computing, digital transformation for firms and providing them guidance in terms of what's the best way to move forward for what they're trying to do and how they're going to grow their company. And or products and process. And that's how Red Beach Advisors was started. That's why I decided to take the lead.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. So what has your experience as an entrepreneur taught you about the state of black business? And I know you don't just deal with uh, the uh, African-American in business, but you deal with all business. But what has it taught you about the state of black business in terms of what you do?
0: Oh, gosh. You know, the one thing that I, I don't see and work with a lot of black businesses simply because we don't have a lot of large black businesses, mm. you know? So, uh, you know, where you want to support black businesses, you want to provide entrepreneurs a way for them to, you know, be able to help grow and scale their companies as well. But you just don't see a lot of well-developed black businesses around the nation that are, you know, being able to affect and hire and be able to grow effectively. You see a lot of smaller companies, mm-hmm. you know, somebody will be a solopreneur or, you know, an entrepreneur with maybe a virtual assistant or an admin assistant and things like that. But you don't see a lot of companies that are trying to or know how to build, grow and scale and kind of get to the next level of business. Um, with that, you know, the goal for my firm is to one, try to hire as many as many African-Americans as possible into my firm. Um, and provide us a way and teach them and and understand that they also can build their own companies their own firms and and be out here and, and compete in the marketplace with everybody else
2: mm-hmm. yeah. but
0: then it's also one of those things to where you can go out and show people and show black businesses and black entrepreneurs how they can go out and create businesses how they have the ability to do so the resources to do so and, it, you know, it may take a little bit longer, but there are ways to do it, do it effective and be successful.
1: Gotcha. And, and you know what? I was I was reading a post. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Roland Martin. Uh, he's been, been yes, on I CNN. Uh, he's got his own digital media company, Roland Martin Unfiltered. And uh, Roland pointed out that there uh, are two point six million black owned businesses in America and of that, 2.5 only have one employee. So it, it points to what you just said. Uh, seven years ago, um, I guess there were like 1.9 million and 8.0 million had one employee as well. But seven years ago, they were doing 110,000, I guess, on average in annual revenue. And today, only uh, 54,000 in annual revenue. What are your thoughts, man? Are you know are you seeing businesses put all the work in without giving, getting the, the revenue return? and I know with your business again a little bit different but I think when when we have a business of your caliber that can work with mainstream companies you know there's still the old, the the adage of the rising tide floats all ships. Uh, what what are your thoughts on that uh when you when you take a look at it.
0: So we'll take the first thing is we'll take the number of black owned businesses and the number that has one employee. Um you know, I think in in business, whenever you're uh, structuring a business, you have to get to the point to where you can actually hire employees, and you need you need to have the annual revenue to be able to do so. Um, and a lot of a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs do not know that path. You know, if you take the revenue number, saying it's 110k in annual revenue, you know how much of that goes to expenses for the business.
2: Hmm.
0: And then you so you could subtract maybe twenty to thirty K from that. So then you say, okay, well I, I then have a gross number, a net number after expenses of 70 to 80 K. So from there, that's a salary for some person. Yeah. That's how they kind of live their life. So they can't say, Let me take another thirty K of that seventy or eighty K and provide that to an employee simply because then that changes their quality of life. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. So they think, gosh, I'll just keep all the money for myself and not scale appropriate, you know? And then you go even further down to where it's $54,000 in annual revenue. And at that point, you really can't justify hiring an employee at that time, unless you go have a bank, have a line of credit or um, uh, different resources or take out a loan or, or other other means. Yeah. So with that, you have to think, You know, that's why you're seeing a rise in or a consistent increase in the number of businesses that only have one employee. You know, the revenues don't justify being able to go out and hire other individuals. Um, Now, in terms of the total number of black owned businesses in those that have more than one employee, you know, we just have to provide guidance in terms of what's the proper way to scale and grow a business.
1: Do do you think Silicon Valley is... Uh, is interested in helping uh, minority, uh, well, people of color, black, African-American, uh, the, that population, our population grow? I mean, do you think there's an interest when you look at the venture capitalists and, and the money that's out there?
0: Um, there's a significant interest um, in helping, you know, um, blacks and, and African-Americans kind of start businesses and create tech companies and kind of create found, uh you know create companies that can grow and scale there is an effort to doing so mm-hmm. um however you know i think the barrier within silicon valley is a lot of people don't understand the process of what it takes to actually go out and get vc money or angel investor money or or, or seed financing things like that mm-hmm. we don't understand that process we we aren't taught that In in high school, we haven't traditionally been taught that by from our parents or family members. And then we're not necessarily taught that in college. So how do we bridge that gap or bridge that area as to what it takes to go out and do that and break through? And so and for the most part, you know, if I'm I'm a black male and I go to Silicon Valley and I have a great idea for my company, you know, I have to. Go above and beyond to try to develop those relationships, to try to understand what it takes to get my idea and concept off the ground, to go on and try to find investors, because with wealth, traditionally, what happens with a lot of companies is, and I'll say this for, for white individuals, is they can go out and they can call their uncle, they can call their grandfather, they can call their dad or mom and say, hey, can I borrow, can can you, Can you? I borrow $50,000 so I can start my company?
2: Mm, okay. Yeah.
0: And so with that, they have the ability to get that 50000 then start a company and then go and build that properly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
0: know, or they partner with somebody else. And that person also has 50. And next, thing you know, you have 100 K that you can work with to grow and build a company.
2: Yeah.
0: We traditionally as African-Americans, we don't have that legacy. wealth. yeah,
2: yeah.
0: we don't totally. have that family wealth in our business where we can go to our grandfathers, our uncles and say, hey, can I borrow thirty thousand dollars to start my company and get a check for that and then go effectively start a company and start developing revenues. So we start, we start literally from zero most of the time, whereas other people start from 50, 70, 100 K, maybe even higher than that. Mm. So that's, that's a gap that occurs. Then with that, we think the process is, Hey, if we build a product, somebody's going to invest in it. No, the process is somebody builds, you build a company you have to go justify the market in revenues and get people to pay for your product and service. Then once people are paying for it, then you can go out and try to get somebody to invest money and say, I'm in growth stage. So you can't just say, hey, I built this app, give me $100,000 so I can can go grow it and get revenue from it. Mm -hmm. No, you need to go build the app, get people to adopt it, use it, Gain users or gain revenue, and then demonstrate that over a period of time. And then you justify the market, then you can go ask for the money.
1: Well, let me let me ask you this, um, Ray. In theory, you're right. Um, but what happens when you'll get a company like a Twitter or you know, some of the social media companies that really don't start generating positive revenue for five years? You know, um, yeah, w- what does it say about? Does it go back to that legacy money uh, point that you brought up? When you have these companies that will launch, um, basically, and it takes three to five years before they generate positive cash flow.
0: Now, the thing with that is the difference between the two is you either have to get users or or revenue.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: So if you get people on the platform that are using it, people are going to take notice and say. Hey, they've proven the market. There's a want out there from people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is just going to grow as more people know about it.
1: So they built demand. man. Gotcha. Okay.
0: They built the demand. They built the user base. They go from there. Now, at the same time, another area and another gap is we don't traditionally have those networks of affluent individuals.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So we can't go to you know, a a gentleman who worked with my father before and say, hey, I know you have $20 million. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want to pitch you this idea
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and are you interested? And we don't have those networks. And so we have to build those networks from the ground up.
1: Good point. Let let me ask you about something else. Uh, A a really good friend of mine, we were talking about um, the number of companies or the number of business people who failed. And uh, I, I sent you a quote, wanted you to take a look at it from Thomas Edison, uh, basically said, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps. So great success is built on failure, frustration, even catastrophe. Uh, do you feel that as a black entrepreneur, black business owner that we're given the leeway to fail? And in most cases, you know, I guess it would come down to the the uh, the fail up. Uh, is what a lot of people call it. Do you think we're given that kind of leeway?
0: I I believe black entrepreneurs are given the leeway to fail, but we're not taught that failure is okay. Mm, And how I can say that is, you know, traditionally from our families, we're taught go to school, get a great education, and get a secure job that allows you to take care of your family for the next 20, 30, 40 years the key there is security. The key there, there's no there's no risk taking involved in that. And so to be able to accept failure, you have to have a level of risk that's associated with it. And so we're not taught that failure is okay. The goal is go to school, go to college, complete college, get a job that you can be in for the next 30, 40 years and be comfortable and retire and, and live a comfortable life. Not go to college or go to school, go to college, learn what you need to learn, try to start a business. The business may fail. And then you have to go get a job. We feel that failure within our community is, is, is not, is not great. We don't have a high risk tolerance because that's not what we're taught. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're given the leeway to fail. If you persevere enough,
2: yeah,
0: if yeah. you understand that, if you go through the process and say, Hey, I know, that I'm going to try to build this company. And at times, I may build it, we may have a great strategy, but then next thing you know, nobody's buying it or nobody's paying it, paying for it at the price that it's listed. Then I've got to pivot my product and mm-hmm. change. Or maybe I have to shut the company down and restart and go get a job and then try it over again. We, at times, are given the leeway to fail if we have the right relationships and networks. However, sometimes more than likely it's a, hey, I took a shot on you as a black entrepreneur. It failed. Don't invest your money with this guy anymore or this woman anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it, it kind of goes both ways. I think it. I think sometimes we are given that way, depending upon the network and, and the people you know, and then other times you aren't.
1: Well, you know that's that's one thing when you take a look at uh, someone, for example, Apple, and you look at uh, Steve Jobs and and uh, the number of or the, the failures that existed to the, I guess the path for Apple or or even Gates. Um, you know, I, I guess the the road of success is if pa- is paved in many cases with uh, with those brilliant businessmen who made mistakes along the way. And, and um, I just, I mean, I, I I agree. I I think, uh, you know, that that's, uh, I guess one of those variables that, uh, that should exist that probably doesn't exist on that level in the African American community. Good point.
0: Um, Yeah. It's very, very rare that anybody hits it out the park on the first try.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Very rare. Um, You know, you'll come up with a great idea You know, then you got to change it and you got to change it again. Then it may turn into a completely different company. Things just break and and you fix. You break and fix, break and fix. Um, It depends on how you fail. You know, how you respond to failure is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you're able to just pick back up and just get going again. Like for me as an entrepreneur, while I felt comfortable starting my company and stepping away from the traditional corporate life, was because I feel, I genuinely feel, and I was telling somebody at lunch this today, that over the course of my career and the experience that I have, <clears throat> combined with the relationships that I have, I feel that if my business was to fail, I could always go back and get a job.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, understood.
0: To make it me. hmm So I could always just make a phone call or put my resume out and get calls back. hmm So with that, why not take the risk to start my business?
1: Good point. Good point. Talk to me about your mentorship program um, and and tell us why you think it's important to mentor.
0: Gosh, you know, I think um, there's a lot of things I've learned over the course of my professional career or even career just being employed, whether it'd be from when I delivered newspapers at 14 to when I worked at Taco Bell, and <laughs> McDonald's when I was 16 and 17,
2: yeah.
0: to when I was in college and was a telemarketer, um, to when I worked for startup companies, to now running my own company. There's a lot of things I've learned over those 20 years that I feel we as Black people are not taught. Hmm. You know, we're just not taught these things. Either it's from people who... Um, You know, we're stuck with the traditional curriculum in colleges, and that doesn't always suffice. And then there's not enough business owners and entrepreneurs that have time to regularly talk and give back Mm -hmm. in terms of what works and what doesn't work or what you're going to experience to start businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always try to open my doors the people who need assistance in terms of understanding technology, understanding businesses, understanding investing, understanding how to navigate this world of corporate America and entrepreneurship. Um, I speak at multiple colleges. Um, Tuskegee is one uh, state university of New York Plattsburgh is another. Um, hopefully I'll be speaking at Clark college coming up soon in, in, in the um, next semester. Yeah. Uh, and so if, and I also try to talk to local high school students, anywhere and everywhere, teams, and just try to give insights to us as black people to say, this is what you need to do to move forward, regardless of what you want to do. If you want to be in the C-suite, you can be in the C-suite. If you want to start a nonprofit, go ahead and do that. If you want to start your own company, these are the steps to do so. Um And also younger people that are in in the corporate America. I try to talk to as many people as possible. And I welcome anybody to reach out to me if they want to ask me questions. And I'll definitely hop on the phone and take 30 minutes or an hour just to have a conversation. Um, I think it's important because there's a lot of lessons that we get as business people Mm -hmm. that don't get shared. Like you see the success stories, but you don't always get in-depth conversations about the vulnerable moments in business mm-hmm. or the mistakes that people made or you know the, how you negotiated a specific deal. Like you see Shark Tank is obviously a prevalent show. You see some of these other shows on CNBC, but you don't really see what it took that one person to get to where they, they're at or that one-on-one time mm-hmm. with that singular person to say, can you walk me through all of these steps? I'm curious. That's very important for success.
1: Good point. Good point. I'm curious when you're in schools, um, especially high schools, um, what do you recommend the most? And I I don't want to say this in a negative way, but is, is there anything that discourages you when you talk to high schools, maybe in terms of their attitude toward entrepreneurship?
0: Um, not necessary. you know, I think the one thing in our communities, in black, in the black community, you know, obviously everybody wants to, not everybody, but I'll say a large percentage of people want to be famous. Mm-hmm. So they want to be musicians, athletes, or entertainers, things of that nature. Um, you do get some people who want to be teachers, um, but you don't always hear about those who want to be entrepreneurs or share those ideas. Sometimes they're ashamed to share those ideas
2: mm-hmm.
0: because they'll share the idea and then people will laugh and people will say, "No, nah, that'll never happen. Or, uh, it, you, you know how it goes. It's yeah, just one of those things where you open, your, so you open yourself, you open your dreams up to share it with people. And then people aren't as receptive or as supportive as they should be. Understood. Um, You know, when talking with schools, um, you know, it's usually a wide open array of things. I I try to go in and say the first thing I say is there's no one clear cut path to what your success is. Mm -hmm. Everybody's level of success is different. You know, Tommy, you may say, hey. My level of success is running 1,000 podcasts and getting (laughs) a million different users to listen weekly Mm -hmm. to my podcast. Mm -hmm. Another person may say, gosh, I just want to have a podcast and have 100 of my closest friends list. Mm -hmm. And that's success to them. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So, You know, and everybody takes different paths. Some people want to join the military. Some people want to go to um, trade schools. Some people want to go to college. Some people want to um, stop and be firefighters and policemen directly out of high school. Some people want to go to college. Some people just want to start businesses. Um, There's a lot of different paths. And I try to keep that open when I'm talking to people and talking to the youth specifically Mm -hmm. so that they don't think I have to do go one route. There's multiple routes to success. And especially within entrepreneurship, if you identify a problem and you can solve that problem and people will pay for that, pay for that solution, you've got a business. I tell people all the time, if you can get one person to pay for it with hard work, you can get 10 people to pay for it. Mm-hmm. If you can get 10 people to pay for it with more hard work, you can get a hundred people to pay for it. If you can get a hundred people to pay for it, you can then get thousands of people to pay for it with more hard work.
1: Yeah, good point. What's encouraging what, on, a, on a bright note? What's encouraging when uh, what comes back to you that uh, encourages you when you're out there mentoring? What's the biggest? Yeah, When thing? I'm talking
0: to kids, when I'm talking to the youth in our communities, it's genuinely. The wide eyed look that they get mm-hmm. that encourages me
2: mm-hmm.
0: because we don't there's a lot that they're able to achieve and they just need people to share it with them. And I, I look for learners. I look for people that want to learn. I look for sponges, um, you know, and and they are people that the kids are. why they, they're like, wow, you've been to Europe, you've been to this country, you've been to this country. How was that? How did you get there? And I'm like, you guys can go too. You know, so it's the it, it, you know, that's what drives me is sharing those experiences, sharing the success, sharing the ideas, being as interactive and engaged with them as possible and let them know that, you know, the world is theirs if they choose to, if they choose to pursue that.
1: Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. How can people get in touch with you, man? Um, and who should get in uh, touch? Who should get in touch with you as well?
0: So I I think in terms of black businesses and black entrepreneurs, I think anyone and everyone can get in touch with me. Um, you know, we'll figure out, we'll have a conversation can be 30 minutes to an hour and just sit down and just talk and get to know each other. I think, uh, a big thing we're missing is sometimes is you know, everybody's trying to get to know somebody to get something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's okay to just get to know somebody. And then maybe down the line, you find somebody that can help them Mm -hmm. or, you know, they can help you. Absolutely. Uh, so with that, you know, who should get in touch with me? You know, if you're a, if you're a black entrepreneur, feel free to reach out at any time. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh slash I N slash Raymond, R-A-Y-M-O-N-D, McKenzie M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. Um, so feel free to add me. Um, feel free to send me a note uh, and request the time to talk. I'm always available. Um, if there are any um, businesses that are looking at how do they either right the ship, or they may be losing money, losing revenue, and/or they're growing and it may be growing out of control? Or how do I build, grow, and scale? Um, feel free to reach out to me, and if I'm not or my firm is not the firm to help you, then you know we'll find we know somebody who can help.
1: You. Excellent. Good stuff.
0: So they can get in touch with me. How else they can contact us? Uh, they can contact us at www.redbeachadvisors.com. That's R E D B A C H A D V I S O R S scom com. Um, they can also email us at info at redbeachadvisors.com, or they can call us at four two four two four seven six one four three.
1: And if any, if you missed all that, I'll make sure it's. Uh It is listed on our podcast page and on the website. So, uh, Ray, thank you so much, man, for spending time with the uh, You Need to Know podcast. I will make sure all that information is on the podcast page. Um, You know, thank you, man, for taking the time. And um no, you, definitely
0: thank you, Tommy. And um, you know, feel free if you have any questions or you know, if you need somebody, come back and talk. I'm always willing to come back and talk. Oh yeah, um, I do. your audience,
1: Good deal, man. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And and you've been listening to the You Need to Know podcast. Uh, we talk to business leaders like Ray McKenzie. Uh Ray, Ray, you you're like the trifecta, man. You're you know, business leader, community leader. You you're an innovator. And you you know, you also, you know, throw in the influencer, you know, you've got everything covered. Um, we're trying, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to do my part, it's one day at a time. One day at a time. And uh, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, uh, Podbean. You can also check us out on um, TuneIn Radio with the Alexa skill. Um, on Instagram at You Need to Know Podcast, and also you can check our podcast or this podcast out as well as uh, other podcasts at Castropolis.net. Make sure you subscribe and share us. Ray McKenzie of Red Beach Advisors, man. It's been a pleasure. And definitely, Ray, I want you to come back. Um, you know, I do a couple of different podcasts and would love to have you uh, drop in some words of wisdom and nuggets uh, to, to get uh Uh, black entrepreneurship uh, on track or keep it on track. So thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks for listening, y'all.
0: You've been listening to the You Need to Know podcast, putting the spotlight on black businesses you need to know that are serving our community. Subscribe by going to castropolis.net. That's castropolis.net. Also, search You Need to Know podcast on SoundCloud. Interested in becoming a spotlight business on the You Need to Know podcast? Click on the Spotlight My Business link link at the podcast page. Thanks for listening.